0: Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Ness, Mom's Genetic Curse, Salem Secrets, and Autistic Son.
1: Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted. An Unsolved Mysteries podcast. So, Christo, before we started recording, uh, we've spent at least what half an hour talking about my artistic pursuits in other media.
0: Yes, you um, are an author.
1: Yes, I am. Uh, please don't seek out my work. Anyone who's listening,
0: it's Just- not under. It's not under your. Name your real name. No, no. Okay. There's
1: a, there's a pseudonym. Uh, you and it's not one of those pseudonyms that you'll figure out, like how people quickly <laughs> caught on that Richard Bachman was actually Stephen King.
0: <laughs> That's very funny.
1: <laughs> you did, yeah. Um, but I received a very flattering piece of fan mail. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In that
0: would that you realm. Now you you forwarded me the email and the accompanying photograph yes. that, that came with it. Um let's just say uh the email described what was happening in the photograph.
1: <laughs> that is true.
0: Yes. But um which was not safe for work, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, so I'd say that's a pretty good way just to, to, to describe it, which you know, giving uh, giving people basically enough to figure out what it is without going into too explicit detail.
0: Right, but I want to talk about what was in the background of the photograph, which appeared okay. to be a beautiful white Persian cat.
1: Oh, the kitty is so cute!
0: Yeah, so
1: thank you, it's um,
0: just... stranger lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for 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 sending me the fan mail that has lifted my spirits today and for apparently pleasing you with the yeah that uh, was a good cat of a very yeah it yeah, was a good
0: he's... cat and a good cat you know what i'm saying everyone
1: oh <laughs> Um and I would also I want to talk <laughs> about that picture after we're done recording some more, but uh Oh sure,
0: sure, sure. I yeah. would also like to say, um please, you know, we really want to hear from you out there uh but please do not uh any pick just cats only. Just
1: yes, cats, yes, your pets.
0: We- we'd love to see your pets. Uh may, you know, but please leave it to that if you decide to we- send the podcast we have- fan mail. <laughs>
1: We appreciate all of our non saucy fan mail. Mm-hmm. It is very always welcomed, always appreciated, mm-hmm. or, or just you know interactions with us on Twitter. Yes, and, and all that jazz.
0: We we like wholesome memes. Uh, yeah, we don't like getting political. And um, yeah, send us your pets. Also, we haven't gotten any. Um, shitty small town stories.
1: Tell us all about your shitty small towns. Dayton, the uh, my most beloved shitty small town It was actually in the news a couple of days ago. Oh what happened? Uh, okay so there's a greater Nevada credit union location mm-hmm. in Dayton. And a couple of days ago some people decided to drive away with the ATM machine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How far
1: did they get? You know, I I haven't looked it up to see whether they got caught or not. Oh, okay. Uh, I I haven't heard anything in just the general news of newsosphere about them having been apprehended. But yeah, no uh no no kidding i mean i and i apparently was at i I went to the post office apparently Mm. mere moments after this happened because someone in the parking lot was telling me that it happened so and the post Mm -hmm. office is right next next door so i was like oh really and then i just went in and got my mail
0: that was really anticlimactic thank you for that you're welcome (laughs) hey you know what else was anticlimactic uh season three episode 19 of uh, unsolved mysteries see what i did there robbie yes listen this segment starts with uh robert stack shamelessly plugging his own acting work if you recall
1: (laughs) I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was like my most prominent note for this for this segment.
0: Um, Do you happen to. So so the segment is ostensibly about Elliot Ness. It's not really, though. Elliot Ness is just involved. Right, Um, right. So what? So What the heck is Robert Stack talking about? When did he play Elliot Ness?
1: There was a Untouchables TV show
0: uh-huh
1: um it uh back in like the 60s or, or, or something oh really and i he yeah and he played uh elliot ness in this tv show
0: oh how long was the show on for was it on for quite a while yeah,
1: I i don't remember the exact length of it but i mean it was a a, a standard successful TV show, like five or six seasons or something, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. So, I mean, and, enough that, like, you know, uh, probably for for the decade afterwards, he, he was probably getting some recognition for oh, that. OK,
0: um, now uh, it was Kevin Costner who played Elliot Ness in the Untouchables movie, in the movie.
1: Yes. That is correct.
0: OK, and who was Al Capone in the Untouchables movie?
1: Uh, I think that was Robert De Niro.
0: Okay. So, I bring this up because it has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about in this segment.
1: No, but it, but it's fun <laughs> to talk about. It is fun. Uh, I,
0: I I really enjoyed uh, how Stax lifted in that because he had played Elliot Ness, he had a like unique insight into the complexities of the man. <laughs> Basically, is what he said.
1: It was Would you would you say it, it it counts as a humble brag? Um
0: no, not, a humble not, not, a humble brag would be something like, uh, oh, well, I can't think of I can't think of a good example, but I, yeah, maybe it is a humble brag.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he certainly like I laughed when he mentioned mm-hmm. uh, that he had portrayed Elliot Ness. I I laughed so hard because it did sound like I mean it was, uh. I mean, I imagine they probably wrote wrote that for him to say, but mm-hmm. I, I I definitely think he relished being able to just drop that in there, mm-hmm. like I played Elliot Ness on a show, you know, and you know, on a show that was successful back in the back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it and I I was kind of when I was watching the segment, I wondered what it would be like if. If they just I mean, and I know that there'd be no way that they would ever do this because first of all, it'd just be too confusing for viewers. But what if they had Robert Stack portray Elliot Ness in the reenactment segment? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know it'd be like a little meta. Uh-huh. But 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 I mean he already he knows the role, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: but but maybe maybe when you know the show was over, he put up the fedora and the Trench coat, and he said, "Never again."
1: Well, that could be true. He didn't want to get typecast. Yeah. Wait, he's wearing a trench coat in several episodes oh, on Salt. God History. damn it! You're right. Uh, well,
0: despite his best efforts, it happened. He got typecast.
1: Well, I haven't seen, but we haven't seen him in the fedora yet on this show. No. Um, so, but yes, we we get we get an introduction to a very interesting uh, a tale. Apparently and after Elliot Ness was done busting out Capone he became essentially the ch- chief of police of Cleveland, Ohio and yeah so you know, he was
0: in Chicago and then he was in Cleveland yeah
1: yes yes okay. and you know in this capacity he 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 sort he sort of implemented his his, his standard uh operating procedure for dealing with organized crime and stuff uh, which I, I guess they they said that crime did decline on his watch though I have to say it does you know they depict stuff in, later in the segment it does seem like his zeal for catching lawbreakers it, uh, it some of his methods were questionable.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he uh did a lot, yeah, a lot of mm, quasi legal stuff.
1: Right. And I yeah, it just it left me feeling a little little uncomfortable with the man. Mhm. Um maybe oh, for it's sure. best he didn't yeah, maybe it's best he he his his attempt at a political co- career after this segment did not mm. did not come to fruition. But yes, um, the reason he's resulting in such uh, uh, measures is that he ends up going up against a serial killer who's terrorizing the town of Cleveland by Mm -hmm. amputating people's heads off.
0: Mm -hmm. That's called a decapitation when you amputate the head.
1: You're right. I should have said decapitation.
0: (laughs) No, it's funnier that you said amputating people's (laughs) heads
1: off. (laughs) Yes. Um, They or so over the course of uh, time, was it like a dozen bodies are eventually Mm -hmm. discovered all with their heads removed? Mm -hmm. The I guess the the sort of Can the the profile they've constructed is that perhaps this person was uh, skilled with surgical techniques because of the way the cuts were performed. Mm -hmm. This wasn't just some random guy who was trying to saw off a head or something. It was very professionally performed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know, watching this segment, I don't know about you, but I kind of got the feeling. Watching this because it does like throughout it, it portrays Elliot Ness as a very frustrated man, mm-hmm. and I and I think I think of my thoughts on this are that Elliot Ness had a certain skill set that, when put to use combating organized crime mobsters, was probably pretty effective. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with Uh, Someone outside of that, uh, outside of that sort of uh, character, that sort of criminal element. When it's more, you know, we're doing what was probably a serial killer here. Mm -hmm. His his tool bag, his tool set of of tactics he had just were not as effective. Like. It's not. I mean, if the serial killer had a speakeasy that L.A. Ness could barge into and bust all the uh, alcohol bottles, maybe he might have had a chance. But as it was, he was just um, he he didn't have the right talent set mm-hmm. to deal with the this. Is that is, does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, and I think that's really insightful and fair because yeah. I I agree because he went from being a treasury officer because the treasury was in charge of enforcing uh prohibition and yeah. um he went from that to being the police cap or police chief captain of, uh, S- something Pliedland. like
1: commissioner or something yeah
0: yeah it was an elected position so he didn't mm-hmm. get reelected, i guess right and then he rode um, off into I, the sunset I th-
1: I th- well i think it was like it was a, okay. Oh, oh, I, and, uh, it was public safety director of Cleveland. Okay. I think, I think, I think that was an appointed position. And then mm-hmm. he tried to use it to, like, he, he then tried to make the step up to, the like, whatever the next rung of, like, what the next rung would be for elected office. And, uh, probably because, spoilers here, he never caught this guy going around cutting off people's heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost, uh, uh, and I I don't know I, I don't know the specifics of that campaign, but I have to think not catching the guy who was cutting off people's heads was probably probably the yeah probably, well yeah, the, 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 the thing that sunk his campaign
0: There were two elements that the the reason that we say he was probably employing some shady, Shady directives to try and catch this killer is one of the things was um, they didn't have enough. uh, So all of the murders, or at least all of the bodies were found in a certain part of Cleveland that was seemed like kind of a red light district. There was a lot of shanty towns,
1: Kingsbury, Kingsbury run.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so it was the it was like the butcher of Kingsbury run or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and as well as
1: the uh he, he was also called the what the 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 slayer of Cleveland dead or Cleveland bodies or something mm-hmm. yeah but uh, sorry I, yeah we'll
0: we'll work that out uh in post <laughs> right whatever <laughs> whatever they were actually calling him but um one of the things that Elliot Ness did because he wasn't able to acquire warrants to basically search everyone's residence uh mm-hmm. for evidence is that he went around he had his cops partner with uh the fire safety inspectors so they were able to you know the fire men i guess would like knock on a door and say hey can we you know make sure that your house is safe uh in case there's a fire and while they were they would you know go in there the cop would go in and look for like piles of decapitated heads or whatever it is that they thought they were going to find but they never found anything (laughs) after several days of searching every residence in the area um
1: what what do you think the odds were that they actually at some point looked inside the residence of the killer but because they were looking for the most outlandish, <laughs> outlandish <laughs> scenario, where, I mean, they they fully went into these these mm-hmm. these residences, expecting that like once we find the one that looks like you know I guess something out of like the Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not that mm-hmm. they knew what that was at the time, um, uh, they, <laughs> you know, they were fully expecting that, so. <laughs> Um, uh, but I think my,
0: my honest, my honest answer to that question is I don't think they did. Oh,
1: okay. So
0: I, yeah, I think the reason being is because the killings were, the bodies were ostensibly dumped and the residents were from this part of poorer part of town. But if they're making the argument that it was somebody who had some kind of medical training, Was doing this. They wouldn't
1: have been from there,
0: right? Ah. And that's an and that's an easy population to target if you have a bunch of, you know, in their words, hobos and prostitutes and whatever else. So
1: I see now why you're so much better at playing L.A. Noir than I was.
0: I think that just came down to basic motor skills, but thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, there's the, that's a little uh, throwback for the uh, longtime listeners of the pod.
0: <laughs> that one time, Robbie tried to video game at my house. Yes, <laughs> um, and then
1: the and then the other um, constitutionally questionable tactic mm-hmm. I, I, Ness engaged in was. Just rounding up all the hobos <laughs> in, uh-huh. in the shantytowns of King, Kingsbury Run. Uh-huh. Um,
0: and then he and, burned one of the shantytowns down.
1: Yeah. But, but then there yeah, weren't any more
0: murders after that, so.
1: Right, right. I I don't know if... Uh, I mean, they th- none of the people they picked up seemed to be the guy, so... Uh, I'm assuming... Uh, I don't... <laughs> Maybe the, maybe the guy left town, maybe, uh, who knows? Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and then there was like the, Ness was convinced that he actually had the, the, the culprit, but it was this guy who was, he was a, what, uh, a mentally disturbed individual, Mm -hmm. uh, like, I, I rather, he was institutionalized. And he was he was part of some wealthy, powerful family that like Ness couldn't move against. Hmm. That seems to happen least... a
0: lot in like television shows. Like True Detective. <laughs> there's another one I watched <laughs> called The Alienist. It was yeah. like that was the exact plot of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Really, uh, I mean, who, well, of course, the thing is, is if you're Elliot Ness, um, they said, <laughs> I liked how in the, in the segment, I think it was some author was describing how he was always very cautious to follow the exact wording of the law, which apparently meant he had to wait until he had 150% evidence mm-hmm. of this one guy in the mental institution. Uh but he could just go and like violate the residences of an entire neighborhood and round up all of the hobos in a, mm-hmm. <laughs> without without any sort of uh, warrants or anything. Yep. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago. Way. Mystery unsolved. Y-
0: yeah, they never caught the guy. Or yeah. gal, but probably dude. Let's be honest. Yeah. So if anyone yeah. in Cleveland uh, thinks their grandpa did it, <laughs> then hit us up.
1: <laughs> we've we've since dis- we've dispensed with the idea that we were going to solve any crimes ourselves. We're we're now just waiting for someone to yeah. solve and. Oh, much odor oh. crime for us. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, there's another podcast where they try to solve these things, and that's not us. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're yeah, we're 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 nowhere near being able to compete with them.
0: No, we're just a couple of goofs. Yeah, goofing off.
1: Uh, I sum it up again. Elliot Ness, obviously very skilled at taking down mobsters running speakeasies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skill set obviously did not prepare him to deal with a serial killer
0: also i kind of want to i want to point out yeah it is a different skill set but like uh here's the thing like most mobsters are like not that smart
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and
0: uh al capone was a syphilitic moron yes Was that a thing about him? So I don't know. It's kind of like fishing with dynamite. I feel like
1: those guys. (laughs) Okay, so like in this an uh, uh, analogy, the the mobsters are the fish, Mm -hmm. and I, I guess the the serial killer would be like a deer yeah it's probably it's it's probably difficult to hunt a deer with dynamite
0: yeah i would say or more like a fox
1: or a fox Ooh, yeah. now that works yes
0: yeah yeah
1: so if you're a listener of the program and you've actually hunted foxes with dynamite let us know on <laughs> at reenacted pod on twitter and then
0: <laughs> and then i'm gonna call um your local animal rights <laughs> Probably call law enforcement, too. What are you doing with dynamite? Stop it.
1: (laughs) Oh, fantastic.
0: Hey, Robbie, do you want to do you want to move on to the most uh, depressing segment that has ever existed in all time?
1: Yes. Let's talk about our next segment. Okie
0: dokie. So... All right. Well, it's a final appeal.
1: It's been a while since we've gotten the final appeal.
0: It has, and the final appeal is from a woman named uh, a young woman, actually named Patricia Stallings. Uh, now,
1: yes. Um, I don't know about you. When when before this segment itself, when they were doing the up next thing and they're mm-hmm. talking about what the story story's going to be, I could have sworn that Robert Stack said something like
0: next. A young mother convicted of murder wins her final appeal.
1: Watching is like, wait, did they did they just tell me how this ended? What? Mm-hmm. What?
0: They, yeah, I think that's right because I remember watching the segment and thinking like, oh, okay, but then she gets released at some gets, point.
1: Gets released, yeah. Okay, very strange. I just so, wanted to mention that because it it's was, so unusual.
0: It was. Yeah, it. Yeah. it uh, you know, this is kind of then this. Having the it's it's great because it's one of those ones where Unsolved Mysteries did like a greater good just Mm -hmm. by putting the story out there for sure. Um, On the other hand, watching it kind of from my point of view of having, you know, everything gets tied up in a bow sort of Eh, relatively by the end of it it just kind of amounts to some like misery porn basically
1: <laughs> oh god misery porn some of the worst porn
0: um it's the worst no i'm sure there's worst. <laughs> no but if, if you guys know what i mean which is basically like presenting a tragic story just for the sake of like wallowing in the tragedy of it so um mm-hmm. so if if i may mm. so what was her name patricia Schilling? is chiller what did I just say? Uh,
1: St- Stallings? Stallings, Patricia Stallings. Why do I think yeah. it's Schiller
0: anyway? Um, so she had in 1989, she had a three-month-old son with uh, her husband, David. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate name. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> her her husband looks like he could be the nephew of the guy who played the father in the movie Troll Two.
0: Oh, he does.
1: I, oh, you see it. Oh, it makes me so glad I, that.
0: I was also thinking like if you took the comedian Pete Holmes and put like feathered brown hair on him, he would look like Pete Holmes.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. That, that works just as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So here's, here's the situation. Um, Patricia and David have a, had a little three month old baby named Ryan. And uh, since Ryan was born, he had chronic gastric uh, intestinal distress. Um, I n- I'm not really sure what that entails, but um, it's bad. It bad. Yeah. so so Patricia uh, one day, um, you know, Ryan is very sick. He's like vomiting uncontrollably and um, has, you know, having a elevated pulse and all this stuff. She takes him to the ER and they put mm-hmm. him in the the uh the baby ICU and yeah. um you know they're trying to figure out what's wrong with him and so Patricia and her husband like rent a ho- cuz I guess you could do this then they rent a hospital room nearby just to yeah. be with their baby uh so Ryan pulls through but uh you know they say he's going to be okay, but they do some blood work on him and they find out he's got, uh, what was it, acetone traces of acetone and some chemical that's an antifreeze.
1: Ethylglycol? A- A-
0: A- F- Ethylglycol, glycol. glycol. Yes. Good job. Yes. So so the mistake that the Shillings made was basically to admit that they had both. Uh, nail polish remover and antifreeze in their household. <laughs> Although, the, the be-
1: I don't recall or I'm not sure probably would have been safer answers,
0: yeah, well, I could there's no way they could have imagined what was gonna happen next, I don't think. Yeah, so yeah, um, so what happened? so the long and short of it is basically they are put under suspicion for having poisoned their baby, and more specifically than that, they for whatever reason decided it was the mother that poison the baby. So Ryan is for the time being okay, but they end up arresting Patricia and putting her in jail. Well, in the meantime, uh, Ryan is placed with a foster family and, uh, you know, David is unable to, uh, see him really and so within within a couple of days of coming from the hospital i think the order of events is they take ryan home patricia gets arrested the baby gets placed in foster care but as they mentioned later basically in the couple of days that the baby was placed in foster care was with three different adults and two different families Mm -hmm. so it got so the baby got moved around several times to people who are unfamiliar with the child, and what ends up happening is, um, no, Patricia doesn't get arrested yet. Sorry, <laughs> I got that messed God. up. Patricia's out of jail, but the kids in foster care just because they used to suspect something's going on, and so, um, so the parents are able to see the child like six times, and on this, after the sixth visit, a couple of days later. Ryan gets really sick again and they end up checking um, the baby back in the hospital, the foster uh, foster family does. And, uh, and after that happens, the police come and pick up Patricia and arrest her on suspicion. Mm -hmm. Cause they think for like, there was a couple of seconds that David was out of the room and Patricia was alone with the baby and she and the authorities seem to think during that minute or whatever she poisoned the baby,
1: right? So,
0: right. so what happens is um, Patricia gets picked up. She's in jail. While she's in jail, uh, David is at the hospital with his baby, and the baby ends up passing away. Um, yes. So this this is all happening in Missouri. So the state of Missouri decides to go forward. With prosecuting Patricia. Um, in the meantime, while Patricia's in jail, she finds out she's pregnant with their second child. So while she's awaiting trial, she basically goes, you know, to full term with the pregnancy, has the second baby. The second baby is immediately placed in foster care. Uh, David can only see the kid like once a week, I think.
1: Yeah, and, very limited. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And, uh, so while that kid isn't the second kid, who's like David jr, I guess, DJ, they're calling him DJ yeah. while he's in foster care, he gets really sick too, with the same symptoms as Ryan, their first baby hand. So they, ch- so they check, um, they check DJ into the hospital. Well, so some, uh, at this point, unsolved mysteries is pulled in a, like a doctor to talk about a kind of syndrome let's see if i can get this right Mm -hmm. oh god what is it called
1: do you want to just use the acronym
0: no i want to try and say it
1: okay because i had Uh, a joke about the acronym but we'll wait to after you okay pronunciation
0: (laughs) so um so, the St. Louis Children's Hospital, where DJ is now at, diagnosed his illness as a rare genetic disorder called methyl- methylmalonic acidemia, or MMA. So, what's your joke?
1: Oh. Thank you. That, well, I was just going to say, you know, like, for any listeners at, at home, please don't confuse. Because when I heard MMA. Yes. Yes. My mind immediately went to like picturing this baby in a ring fighting mm-hmm. other babies with like yeah. all all manners of martial arts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So please don't don't do baby MMA.
1: No, my God. That's that, bad. I uh I mean I admittedly I would be curious. Mm. Um though I can't imagine it would be very entertaining because the those babies aren't gonna be like they're not going to be pounding on each other. They're probably mostly just going to be crawling around uh, mm-hmm. in, in that hexagon yeah. or octagon or whatever it's shaped like.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's a rebus.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't, really, I don't know. Uh, listen, so poor DJ gets really sick, but he gets diagnosed with this rare genetic disorder. And so the lawyer uh, to Patricia and Patricia and David are arguing. They're like, look, this is obviously what was going on with our first kid. We didn't poison our baby. And the prosecutor who they interview for unsolved mysteries, uh, refuses, what petitions, the judge to refuse to allow this genetic disorder they've discovered in their second son to be introduced as evidence in the trial of the murder of their first son, Ryan. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, because the lawyer said that there was no evidence that that's actually what killed Ryan.
1: Well and, and that's where like in this segment they interview this doctor
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: doc um Steven Cederbaum, mm-hmm. MD,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who I just want to quickly mention, to me, he looks like he could be Bill Nye's cousin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He, I mean, the bow tie and the hair and mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's how you
0: can tell who's related is, is do people wear similar, um, <laughs> neck garments?
1: <laughs> well, precisely. I, uh, <laughs> but he, he puts forward that the MMA is something that could easily be mistaken for poisoning, and, and, and the sort of, the sort of poisonings that their child allegedly died from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said it's, 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 pretty rare to even die that a doctor would know what they're looking at until they they see another family member basically yeah. that has it because it's a genetic disorder so um but again the uh you know whoever the judges in the case of this uh agrees with the prosecution that this shouldn't be introduced as evidence which is insane logic to me, but okay. (laughs) Um, Insane. (laughs) I'm not a doctor and I'm not a lawyer, but that seems crazy to me. Uh, So the long and short of it is basically this. Patricia's convicted by a jury of murder and sentenced to life in prison. And, um, you know, of course she's beside herself because she did no such thing. She didn't poison her kid. So basically, yes.
1: No, I was just going to say like, And the reenactment they have, because they mentioned that like the the prosecution brought like four experts on poisons and stuff Mm -hmm. and that the defense didn't bring anyone uh, Mm -hmm. up to the stand. Right. and And then the reenactment. I don't know if they were trying to subtly give, you know, the producers were subtly giving their view of what her first lawyer was like. <laughs> uh, but he looks so, so out of his league mm-hmm. in the reenactment. That he's just like he looks. He looks like he doesn't even know what he's doing. Yeah. And then, and then, like not only and but what was also fascinating was the setup uh, of the courtroom. I don't know. I don't know if this is something that's unique to to the court layouts in in Missouri, but like mm. when he's our when the, when the defense attorneys are you know being humiliated by the judge, he's at this stand that is virtually right in front of where the judge is seated. Mm-hmm. Like they like they're like just two feet away from being nose to nose. And then if you noticed when they were talking the, the discussing when you know she was found uh, um, uh, when she was found guilty mm-hmm. the, she she is depicted as seated at this table that is in front of where the judge is seated mm-hmm. like this Have you ever seen a court layout like this? I think I think obviously they use some kind of
0: set some courtroom set to do this and not an actual yeah. courtroom.
1: Yeah, it, the is, it is. Proportions are kind of insane. The Yeah, the the, por- the proportion is crazy because it's like the jury is literally right behind her and the judge is right to her right. And it almost looks like they're suggesting that the the opposing counsel is just across the table from her and her mm-hmm. defense attorney. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very compact and claustrophobic <laughs> courtroom setting. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe Missouri has those tiny European courtrooms that we keep hearing about.
1: <laughs> after, after, uh, after all the court uh, proceedings are done for the day, everyone gets in their tiny cars and, yeah. and drives off <laughs> with, with with Italian music playing. <sighs> uh.
0: So uh, so after this segment originally aired, um, the collective uh, Physicians of America cried out and said, Oh, hell no. Nah, and um, mm-hmm. started calling up Unsolved Mysteries. So basically what happened was uh, they requested some... S- what happened was Patricia got a new lawyer and because of Unsolved Mysteries and they requested that the uh, trial she be retried based on basically the uh, her first lawyer being incompetent. <laughs> That's what <laughs> happened. It was just like total failure of the defense. So they got our new lawyer. They had all these uh, experts on MMA come in and talk about the, the disorder itself. Um, the segment actually ends with the press conference of the district attorney with Patricia sitting there and her husband sitting there um apologizing to them uh Patricia is freed she was found not guilty uh and custody of DJ is a year after he was born is returned to um, Patricia and David so all of that because of unsolved yeah. mysteries
1: yeah yeah that's yeah. uh you, you did you did good unsolved mysteries you did sometimes
0: good. they do sometimes they do you know I read recently um this is. Similar, but there is a disorder folks can have where um the their gut bacteria produces a lot of ethanol. Okay. So basically they're having their body is producing alcohol and wow. and so they act as if they were drunk, but without having actually had anything to drink and they'll like test with really high blood alcohol levels this just happened to somebody I think in the UK or maybe it was New England it was just oh, some wow. a, some kind of England where someone got um, like a DUI yeah. because they, they blew really high but they hadn't had anything to drink and then they had to go through this whole case where the doctors had to prove like it was actually their body um, was producing seemed- alcohol and that's it's rare but it's like common enough
1: wow that's interesting i've never heard of this before yeah this this just
0: happened this year
1: it seems like you should be able to get like a doctor's note or something for that like how don't Mm -hmm. like don't people who suffer from claustrophobia get to carry a doctor's note with them and the cop pulls them over for not wearing their seatbelt. they're like i can't and they show the note and
0: Yeah. yeah yeah well i think in this case probably people with this condition shouldn't be driving
1: because it's dangerous. <laughs> because they actually are drunk. Yeah. That's, yeah. So. That's a good point. He probably, yeah, you probably should re- receive some sort of fine, regardless yeah. of whether. Yeah. That's a good. So, so they just go through life drunk.
0: Well, I think it's I think it's kind of like what happens with this MMA thing. It just comes and it goes. So it's uh. not like it's not like a deadly condition if gone untreated.
1: Uh, okay. Um, it, it, de- it depends on how far they climb up the, uh, ladder right. board in yeah. the competition.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, just, I, I mean, if you can imagine you're just sitting around, all of a sudden you feel like really disoriented and, and drunk and wow. you haven't had anything to drink.
1: Jeez. That sounds like a nightmare.
0: Yeah. Did oh God. You know, as a currently hungover person, it is.
1: So, oh well any any final thoughts on this segment
0: um it was incredibly depressing and tragic and i'm glad it kind of had a happy ending but just I yeah could've... yeah
1: I'm, I'm i mean yeah granted their their first kid's dead and yeah they're
0: uh yeah they, they lost
1: they lost their first year with the the other kid well, though I, admittedly those those are mostly the diaper changing yeah months
0: <laughs> I I would I would go as far as to say and I I I didn't see anything on the unsolved mysteries wiki that I hope yeah. with the assistance of their new lawyer they sued the shit out of the state of Missouri first for wrongful, wrongful death of their first son because if you can imagine if that kid hadn't been placed in foster care with adults who didn't know him and didn't know that he'd been sick this way he might still be alive if the parents yeah. had been able to take him to a specialist and, and instead of being thrown in jail and then they kid being ripped from them and put in the foster system. Um, yeah. And I hope they sued for wrongful imprisonment. And I hope yeah. that they uh, it's really nice that the D.A. decided to apologize to them.
1: <laughs> I, I take it you 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 consider the apology to be a necessary but not sufficient action.
0: No, I think this. I th- I absolutely believe this child's death could have been prevented. Yeah. Yeah, and all of this could have been prevented. I mean, the 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 parents say as much. You know, if they just been, he'd been just diagnosed correctly the first time, they wouldn't have been in
1: jail. He'd probably still be alive. Yeah. How do you so. think Elliot Ness would have approached this case? Because <laughs> I kind of have the feeling that not only would he have locked up Patricia, he would have also oh, yeah. locked up David. Yeah. the foster parents yeah uh all the hospital staff involved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh probably the 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 kid too
0: yeah <laughs> and then i think he would have set their house on fire <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> oh all right well. well i guess we let's talk about the oregon penal system
0: yeah let's talk about it
1: Okay, so this, I think, I think our previous segment was from 1989, and so mm-hmm. is this one. Okay. Um, or no, that's, I think that maybe that's just when they aired. Uh, anyway, our our next segment is about a guy named Michael Frankie, who, as you'll see throughout the segment when they interview his various male relatives, uh, their family seems to have some sort of disp- pre- genetic disposition to gradually losing your hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they all sort of, much like I'm currently going through, are losing the hair from the front of their head steadily, mm-hmm. uh, like a steady line uh, ever moving slowly but surely. Uh, but in addition to being uh, starting to be a bald man, Michael Frankie was also apparently a very skilled prison uh expert director Um, uh he was a prison reformer reformer yes yeah after like i guess in what uh 19 was it 1980 when new mexico had those prison riots Mm -hmm. uh that left 33 inmates dead Mm -hmm. Uh, that seems high what's the average amount of deaths during a prison riot i would think like two three i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> I I you know I figure you know there's probably plenty of riots where no one actually gets killed but then there's riots where people do get killed um anyway but he he apparently cleaned up the New Mexico prison system and then uh subsequently the governor of Oregon brought him on board to take care of Oregon's pr- prison system mm-hmm. which apparently he was suffering from <laughs> quite a few problems. Uh, a lot of ju- drug trafficking by mm-hmm. prison staff. Uh, and just... I think one one of the people they interviewed said that basically anything that couldn't be nailed down was being stolen and sold off by the people who worked there. So mm-hmm. he's brought in to sort of clean things up. Elliot Ness style, only through legal means. And... But apparently... Uh, this is where our our segment gives sort of two scenarios for what happened. Um, I guess, you know, they describe how obviously he didn't make very many friends uh, trying to clean house, as it were. Uh, well,
0: very often you make more uh, enemies that way. So.
1: Yes, yes. Strange how that works. Uh, so... We we have a reenactment of two people who work at the prison going out to the parking lot and seeing Mm -hmm. his car with the door open and the lights on inside, but he's Mm -hmm. nowhere to be seen. And they uh, they they go out and check the car. He's not around. Uh, Where where was it? His body was found. It was just uh it was at a building, right? I was
0: really unclear about this, where they eventually found his body.
1: Well, yeah, well, I think I think part of that is because they de- depict two scenarios where, like, one is he's basically leaving from work, and this guy was his name Frank Gable, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: just comes up and kills him.
0: Yeah, like stabs him. Yeah, the idea is that um, Frankie, when he was Mister Frankie. So I call him <laughs> Mr. when he was going back to his vehicle afterward, <laughs> You've work.
1: never called him that in your life.
0: <laughs> well, Mr. <laughs> Frankie was his father's name. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways. <laughs> no, I just couldn't remember his first name for a second. So yeah. when the uh, hero of our story uh, goes out to his car after work, he finds, in, according to the reenactment and according to what the cops said, and he finds that somebody's rifling through his car, he confronts the man, the man stabs him and runs off with his briefcase.
1: Yeah. And we have an alternative explanation, which, if you think, if you're inclined to believe that uh, he was sp- killed because of his activities, that basically they depict him, what was it, re- returning home, getting kidnapped. He's brought to like an office where I guess they were going to. They were going to collect all the evidence he had been accumulating,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and he ends up getting offed by these these kidnappers. And the people who are big on this theory like to point out: apparently, all the stuff he did collect got like destroyed after he was killed, right? Uh, it uh, was all yeah. They paper just started shredding shredders.
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, which. I mean, I was watching this segment and I was trying to figure out like, okay, is this a lone wolf guy who's just like trying to rob him or is this a conspiracy that killed him? And I was like, gosh, it's I mean, I can't just discount the fact that like all the evidence he he was accumulating was destroyed. But I'm wondering, like, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that like he was killed through a conspiracy. It could be that he was killed. And then everyone who had anything to lose simply took the opportunity right. then to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well,
0: what do you think that, happened? So, you think that's what happened?
1: Um, if I had to place money on any of these three things, it might be that. I uh-huh. mean, granted, I'm being influenced by how like Frank Gable, <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert, was was actually convicted for the crime. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, plus they had like think? a little Well, they had a little video of like Frank Gable in the courtroom being led in the courtroom. Yeah. And I don't know, he just looked real scary.
1: I would be legitimately afraid of this man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not ju- it's just I mean, he has he certainly has this kind of demeanor where mm-hmm. like I mean, we, you occasionally come across people you're like, "Holy shit. This person could kill me and they wouldn't Mm. even be concerned about it right afterwards yeah yeah
0: so based on he looked guilty i'm gonna agree with you
1: (laughs) okay I, i i um not quite your usual uh criteria but i'll go along with it
0: well sometimes you gotta trust your gut robbie
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh yeah, now that's that's what I put money on is like is that he was killed independently by this one guy and it's just, you know, it wasn't that he was assassinated by this conspiracy. It was just um you know, after he was killed, it's just it's this golden opportunity of everyone who was going to get the uh uh who's gonna get wrung out to just you know quickly destroy everything that that he was working towards
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah um, okay well mystery solved
0: mystery solved
1: <laughs> yeah uh um, yeah
0: i guess the mystery is is at least as far as the penal system is concerned don't assume malice where it's incompetence i don't right know. does that apply right. here uh
1: Well, um, I'm not sure about this segment, but at some point watching this episode, that thought actually went through my head. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it must have been for this segment, because I can't think how it would apply to any of the other three.
0: You know, Um, it definitely doesn't apply to the very last segment.
1: We're going to cover a very brief segment.
0: Yeah, it was super fast. Um, basically, what happened was there's a uh, young man uh, in New Hampshire. Was it? Uh,
1: I, it was somewhere. It was somewhere in, nor- in the Northeast. Probably yeah. New Hampshire. It, feel- um, it feels like a New Hampshire situation.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a New Hampshire situation.
1: <laughs>
0: I think that might be the button on this episode.
1: Oh, really?
0: That's how I like to call him. I'd like, wow. like to, i like to pull a, pull a quote from the, um, we can well, name it the other thing too. I just, yeah, New Hampshire situation. Oh, no,
1: no, no, no. I mean, I like a New Hampshire situation. We, we haven't, we haven't made enough references to the Granite state on this program.
0: Hardly any.
1: Yeah. And with the, uh, uh, presidential primary coming up in just like a month and a half, I feel, mm. I feel we really need to bring more focus.
0: Mm, we really should. Yeah. Uh, so anyway there's a, there's a young uh, autistic man his name is Oded which is why would anyone name their child that is that like a bible name do you think Oded
1: yeah I throughout that whole say se- <laughs> this is going to sound horrible my main focus in the entire segment was just that name that first name I was so yeah. fascinated by it Oded
0: Oded 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 do you think it's short for Oded <laughs> What? Obadiah, okay, yeah. Obadiah, yeah, is that is, is this a Bible name? Please, somebody who knows, let us know if this is a Bible name or where it yes. comes from. Uh, so his mother, um, who was looking after him at, at some point, um, Oded's, uh situation progressed to where he became nonverbal, and um, you know, his it mother... must have been
1: after he got vaccinated. <laughs> You know,
0: one of the things I really appreciated here uh was what? Unsolved Mysteries very strongly saying that there is no cure for autism. Ah. It's not they made that statement and um huh. I I appreciate that Unsolved Mysteries.
1: Uh yeah. Well, it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, it I'm not sure what the history is of of uh, our understanding of autism, because it kind of felt like they talked about it in this segment as if it was like this really obscure thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if like people realize if people knew what autism was even just a few years before this.
0: Um, probably not commonly, and I would say the incidence of it being diagnosed of folks being well, on the autism <coughs> excuse me right spectrum right. Lo- it skyrocketed yeah. in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, yeah, yeah. And you you I'll leave it to p- better people than myself to to discuss why, but just I would say right. it was probably not like very well known.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, you, to the average person? Like in, yeah. Right, like like with anything, you the more you uh learn about something, the more you're able to recognize it when it happened. Like do you remember Do you remember in our program, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you were already graduated by... The, there, was, there was a girl from Ukraine who entered our graduate program uh, at some
0: point. Was it her name, Natalia? Yes. Yeah, I remember her. She was there.
1: Okay. I remember once, maybe you were in the same class. Uh, this was some seminar or something, and she was talking with some people, and they were discussing autism, mm-hmm. and she was talking about, like, uh, so, like I guess someone inquired with her about like how aut- autism is treated in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and she basically just said, "Oh yeah, we have those people, but apparent like in the in the Ukraine, most people just consider them to be the quote village idiot unquote." Um. So I mean, you know, like it's it, so I could easily see, like, even just thirty years ago, like, mm-hmm. like you said, just there's, there's a lot of misdiagnoses of autism for other things,
0: right? And probably a lot of, oh uh, yeah, Pro- there's yeah. a lot of things going on. So Odad though, yeah. um, he uh, he gets sent off to some kind of nice farm <laughs> situation. Um, where they treat <laughs> yeah. they treat folks with intellectual disabilities and they have them do farm work and stuff basically to keep them occupied I think and mm-hmm. uh, they interview one of the folks that work there and basically said you know you know Oded was really nice he was getting on well well one day he disappears off the farm and yeah. what they think happened was that he uh, was hitchhiking he went to the local highway or the nearby highway from the farm and, and picked up a ride and hitchhiked. <laughs> And that mm-hmm. uh, basically the segment ends with uh, the assumption that he could be anywhere in the United States and his mother um, pleading for him to uh, contact someone in their family. Yeah. Um. So we all hope <sighs> that o- Oded is, is no dead and that he is alive and well somewhere. Yeah. But we don't yeah. get an update. And that was it. It was like a two minute segment. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's uh, unsolved. unsolved unsolved, and really not really examined very deeply.
0: Nope. So, all right. Well, well. Pff, hey, Robbie, how can people get in touch with our uh, our little operation
1: here? S- send us a email. Uh, reenacted pod at Gmail or is it yep, reenacted? pod at Gmail. Sorry. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done this. Uh, it has been re-enacted. a long time since
0: we've done this. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it has, God, um, uh, months now. Uh, go reenacted pod on Twitter if you want to reenact uh, interact with us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, reenacted fans, reenacted pod fans, I, something uh, reenacted on Facebook for. Mm-hmm. Our, Facebook goodness and uh please 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 rate and review the podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh and very importantly, if you like what we're doing, you want to actually like financially support this operation and I I guarantee you thank you to all of our patrons that have done that to this point that money is going to good use to keep us up and able to record so yeah. um yeah we have it's uh it's a uh, patreon.com slash reenacted pod um from time to time we re-release different episodes mini-sodes i've been looking forward to in the new year i'm going to hopefully releasing some of our regular episodes a couple days early on that feed uh-huh. as well um sometimes robbie will send you something in a little envelope as a treat <laughs>
1: And so if you become a patron before this episode airs, you have a chance to get a Robert Stack S. Elliot Ness picture.
0: Oh, wow. Is that what you sent out?
1: (laughs) Well, but at the time of this, the the airing of this episode, perhaps it it depends on how much uh, uh, I'm still actually waiting on one additional component for the gift.
0: Wow. Wow. Um that's amazing. I I had no idea that you were doing that. I mean, I knew that you were putting something together. I just didn't know like what.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, see all the exciting things you can find over on our Patreon. Um hey, Robbie, do you you want to do the thing?
1: The For every mystery, there is someone somewhere who knows the truth. Perhaps that someone's watching. Perhaps it's you.